Do you struggle with what it means to be successful in your retirement? Trust us, you're not alone. Welcome to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Here, you'll go in-depth with Guidance Point Advisors Investment Consultants to hear stories about how retirees in Maine are navigating a successful retirement. Get insight into the inevitable challenges of aging and define what a successful retirement looks like. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. My name is Ben Smith. Allow me to introduce my co-host, the crab cake and lobster roll to my fried clams, Curtis Wister and Austin Miner. How are you guys doing today? Right. Doing well, Ben. How are you? Good, good. It's uh, it's summer, right? That's so right. Maine, summer, seafood, right? I like it. So, And actually, I, I know we're recording here. It's... Uh, Obviously, when we release, it's going to be past this, but it's Father's Day weekend, so yep. I'm going to be a good son, and I got to bring out some uh, some seafood to dad for the weekend. All so that's right. our we're doing a little Father's Day feast here happening. Nice, I like it. Excellent. So, uh, well, obviously, we're doing uh, doing another episode here today, episode 85. That's right. uh, so we're definitely getting advanced in terms of numbers, which is great. And as many of you know, we all we always deep dive into many retirement topics, including the opportunities and challenges that many of us face. But what about the people themselves that are retiring, mm-hmm. right? So if you zoom out and look at some themes here and shared experiences that shape our worldviews, uh, what differs from one generation from another? What about the baby boomer generation? What makes them unique from previous generations that have gone through retirement? Mm. Why do flippant statements such as, okay, boomer, come about? And how do we turn that around? So this is exactly what this show is about, turning okay, boomer into thank you, boomer. I like it. I like it. And uh, as everyone knows, we love to bring in guests um, who are, are kind of experts in the areas we're talking about. So today's guest is an accomplished, highly instrumental and ambitious top executive leader with 30 years of experience in delivering fiscal, strategic and operations leadership in challenging situations. Uh, our guest is skillful in launching sales and marketing programs, generating record-setting revenues with expertise in presentation, negotiation, and communication skills, as well as adept at analyzing market and competitive conditions and laying out a product vision that is differentiated and delivers unique value based on customer demands. Our guest Ooh, also brief. wrote a children's <laughs> book uh, titled, I Don't Want to Turn Three. Um, that book explores what goes through a toddler's mind that parents are so desperate to understand. It's based on the true experiences he had with his six grandchildren that were born two each to his three millennial daughters. He goes by the pen name of Gramps Jeffrey, whose first book, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart, was written to help entrepreneurs and small businesses compete against the big guys. Ariana Huffington read his book and asked him to contribute to the Huffington Post. He has written over a hundred articles about small businesses, education, and the uh, the homeless, and several other nonprofit topics dear to all of us. Our guest is also a co-founder of the website babyboomer.org. That was built uh, expressly to be a baby boomer's most trusted and ultimate source for news, information, and community. The mission of the site is to, one, bring baby boomers together to improve their quality of life. Two, uh, using baby boomers to help younger generations. Uh, Third, we have to help baby boomers pay it forward as knowledgeable elders 
And last but not least, our fourth mission here is to change baby boomer perception from okay boomer to thanks boomer. So we cannot take credit for our show title here. That is clearly where we got that from. Um, So our guest and his lovely wife, uh, Kathy, currently live in Scottsdale, Arizona, where two of his grandchildren live. Two more grandchildren live in Austin, Texas, and two other grandchildren live in Orlando, Florida. So with that, please join me in a warm welcome of Mark Joseph to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Mark, thank you so, so much for coming on our show today. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, we are too. It's, uh, you know, Mark, uh, there's lots of things that get into around generational things, right? And so we want to, obviously, we'll dig into that a bit, but we always want to start with you and kind of, we uh, obviously, Austin did a little bit of the read here, but we'd love to hear a little bit about your upbringing in terms of where you're from and what did you do for your professional career? Well, I'm from a small town in Ohio. I grew up a happy guy. Yeah, I went to a school in Ohio. Got very cold up there, so I moved to. We know, we know cold. <laughs> you know cold. Oh, you know it's gonna. I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's gonna be 107 today. That's hot. We don't know hot. It's very hot, <laughs> but but it, but it's a dry heat. You know, so it's not it's not too bad. But so I decided to, to go into retailing. And so for my early part of my career, I was with chain stores and department store business and the off-price business. I was there when the dollar stores came about. Mm. And so that's how I started my early career. And I also went into manufacturing. Then I decided to become an entrepreneur because my parents were entrepreneurs. And I said, yeah, I'll probably go back to my roots. So I've started three businesses. Uh, One of them I took public. And uh, that one became the uh, premier business-to-business site on the internet where we sold in taste quantity to small businesses all around the world, shipped into all 50 states, around 40 foreign countries. Our customer base were the moms and the pops who survived with thriving is to change. And that really was the uh, why I wrote my first book. My first book was called you know, The Secrets of uh, Retailing, How to Be Walmart. And I wrote this book because you know, I was getting like 30 phone calls a week uh, you know, what do we do? We're, we're entrepreneurs or small businesses. How do we really succeed? So it's 15 chapters. Each chapter addresses something different about being, uh, opening your own business. One of them is about how you hire people. Another is about how you find products. Where do you find your location? How do you market yourself, uh, both on the internet and, uh, traditionally? And then the last chapter, the 15th chapter is exit strategy. What do you do? Yeah. How do you get rid of it? What do you, you know, what, what's your next step? So. That's what I did. And then the, uh, uh, the, the good old hit of us all was the COVID-19. So mm-hmm. the pandemic hit. Uh, and so that's when I had a chance to really take a look at my six grandkids. And, uh, and I had all six of them here for about six weeks during the, the pandemic. And uh, so I had a chance really to see. And that's why I wrote my book for my children's book. You know, I don't want to turn three. And it's a true story about my six grandkids. Uh, all the pictures are pictures I took and I sent to a uh, illustrator who would kind of make them cartoonish. And that's where that came from. That's awesome. Very cool. And, uh, and, and then uh, over the last year or so, we have started the company babyboomer.org uh, to bring together baby boomers. And so that's my life in a nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Well, that is a uh, very concise way of putting it, too. It sounds like you've done a lot. Um <laughs> So how did you end up settling in Scottsdale, Arizona? Was it just the 107 degree temperature that got you there or were there other reasons involved? 
Well, at the time, uh, you know, and I've been here 25 years, but at the time I was uh, back 25 years ago, I was senior vice president of uh, merchandising and marketing for a chain of bookstores called Crown Bookstores. I don't know if you all are familiar with that, uh, but I was there and we took them from being uh, the small little uh, bookstores to the to the big massive stores that they were. We had our national convention out here in, in Scottsdale and, uh, you know, it was the middle winter. And uh, on the third day we were out here, I called my wife and I said, we're moving out here. <laughs> we got to live here. And uh, yeah, I haven't moved. Here I am. I love that. Very nice. I love that. So on the uh, kind of diagonal opposite end of the country, uh, we have us up here in Maine <laughs> in our uh, retirement success in Maine show. Um, just kind of a general question, again, just to kind of ease into it. We like to ask all of our guests, um, do you have any connections to the state of Maine? Well, Maine, we were there, my wife and I were there just last summer because we wanted to complete our bucket list. Okay. Our bucket list was to visit all 50 states. I love that. And Maine was the last one. So we went up to Maine. We were there for a while. Went to Bangor. Great great city you have. All right. Uh, we I got love there. That. We spent a lot of time in Maine uh, and ate everything you talked about for Father's Day. <laughs> So that was great. That was great. So that's been my latest connection to me. I love that. That's awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, talk about uh, getting a flavor of our of our state there, just spending some time in vacation. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, well, Mark, we'd like to, of course, the episode we're going to talk about today is turning OK Boomer to Thanks Boomer, right? So generations, right? So we're going to want to talk about generations here a little bit and the Bay Boomer generation so we always want to start with definitions, right? So we're always using the same language together and our listeners out there, we're, we're not having preconceived notions of what we're talking about. So be helpful to define the baby boomer generation. How oh, should we absolutely. define the baby boomer generation and what are some shared experiences that have shaped this group group's world's views? Well, baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964. So it's 18 years. It's a couple, you know, a couple decades of baby mm. boomers. You know, they're between the ages of 57, 58, 75, 76 now. And so those are the ages we're talking about. There are 76.4 million baby boomers in the USA today. You know, they hold, big number. they hold, and this is what you guys are related to. They hold 51% of all the wealth. You know, these, this generation, these two decades of generational, 51% of the wealth, uh, you know, they have 70% of the disposable income in the U.S. today. They spend $548 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars a year, this, this, this generation. Um, they spend more than any other generation, and they have spent more per transaction, so they buy more. Uh, they, their, their net worth is $70 trillion. You know, they hold... $20 trillion in stocks and mutual funds. Uh, you know, the average baby boomer spends $63,000 a year. So that's kind of who the generation is and the impact that they're having and will have for a while. Because when you think about it, when they die off, they die off that's a lot of money going back to the younger generations. That's right. You know, when that all happens. But the, if you really want to define the, the baby boomer generation, it's, it's a generation as diverse as any other generation before and after it, you know, uh, they're very diverse in politics, as you all well know, a diversity of religion, diversity of ideas. It's a hugely diverse generation. But the one thing the baby boomers have in common is a connected, shared experience. And this happened because when we were growing up, there were only three television stations and we all had landlines. That's how we got our information. 
So it really is a gelled information. Uh, the, the the generation has done together. When you think about it, you know we all lived through the Kennedy assassinations, Martin Luther King's assassination. You know we were there for the landing of the moon on, as a shared experience. When our generations, when birth control really became widespread, mm. you know, it happened during the baby boomer generation. Vietnam, we had to live with Vietnam uh, and uh, riots in the street. One thing, you know, the thing that if you talk to baby boomers, one thing that brings us all together is music. I mean, Elvis, the Beach Boys, the Beatles, Three Dog Night, the Supremes, you know, the Association, all these groups. We all listened to the same thing. We all grew up with the same thing. Music brought us all together. Movies brought us all together. You know, when you think about the movies of, the, of our generation, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Jaws, a lot of the Spielberg movies, uh, Animal House, Star Wars, The Godfather. These are all shared experiences that we have. And that's what brings our generation together. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so kind of on that same note, so like when we look at today's society, there's obviously some schisms that have really polarized parts of our national fabric. Um, and so you just started getting into this, but if you had to kind of summarize or highlight the most important things, what are some things you would say that boomers today and perhaps in the future share and agree upon? Well, I think as you get older, you actually do get wiser. Okay, and so as each decade comes along, and the reason you get smarter is you make a lot more mistakes. Mm-hmm. So you learn from those mistakes. So, you know, as we get older, we get a little bit smarter. And I think what we realize as a generation that you know, we have got to pass on what we have learned to the next generation and to the generation beyond that. I think that's one thing that baby boomers are finally coming to realization. You know, what is our legacy? What are we, what are we going to do to make the next generations better than we are? Because when you think about it, I personally believe that this latest greatest generation, kids from one to 10 years old, are going to be the best thing this country has ever produced. Reason being is, you know, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. You know, they all got iPhones. They've got their uh, laptops. You know, these kids are, you know, I, I talk to my three and four and five year old grandkids. They know more than I do. <laughs> you know, when I, when I step back and think, I didn't get on the internet until I was 40 years old. Here you got kids as soon as they're born, they're on the internet. So we've got the greatest generation that this country's ever produced starting to become of age. Uh, and it's important for my generation to kind of balance that. To make sure that we're passing on things that we have learned from the mistakes we have made. You know, we as a generation need to get balance what they're learning on with technology. Technology is great. You know, it, it, technology it teaches children, um, you know, how that's where they can go for answers and so forth. But it's up to us to, to round that out and bring all the information that we have learned over the years and spread that on. I think that's the obligation of the baby boomer generation is we've got to teach everyone what we've known so they don't have to make the same mistakes. Mark, it, it, it's, um, and we're, we're talking to a few guests right now coming up and it seems to be a theme, right? In terms of boomers, right? Is that it's like this, this seems to be the first generation that has the most ability that to explore not only backwards, right? So ancestry 
Com. Where do we come from? We can go all, we can go really far back, more than we've ever been able to and see where all of the roots go, but also from ascending it forward, as you're saying about educating the next generation, you have now all this technology that in our own words, in our personalities, is to be able to share these messages into the future, you know, by, by doing things like what we are right now, right? YouTube and, uh, you know, sending messages and I can, uh, I'm your grandson, Mark, and I can say, geez, I want to go see what Gramp said about um, about living uh, as a boomer as he was a certain age. They in the future can go and kind of see your world experience and what were you saying at that time. That seems to be a, a first generation thing that we obviously people are good at. They did it by books, right? They were doing a little bit by, you know, obviously in VHS uh, before, but now just a more robust experience. So, so I. Just, I don't know, just an observation that I'm having here is just backwards forwards. It seems like boomers are embracing that more than any other generation. That's one reason we started babyboomer.org is because, you know, we wanted to be able to share with our baby boomers all the experiences we went through. In other words, there's great music and there's uh, great movies and so forth. But we also need to offer resources for baby boomers, you know, for retirement, for financing, for travel, uh, all those things that we want to do because the baby boomer generation today seems to act younger than our parents you know, we seem to have a lot more energy. So we're out there doing a lot more stuff. Uh, but we also put it together because there's all these new challenges that we're up against and all the technological challenges. You talk mm-hmm. to baby boomers. There's a lot, you know, we, we didn't live it like you guys have. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's a little more complicated for us. So we, we got to have all that on our site and all these health issues we're going through, you know, whether it's Alzheimer's or dementia or Parkinson's, we want to be a resource that any people can come to that can find information to help them. So that's what you talk about. That's one of the reasons we did start uh, babyboomer.org. That's fantastic. I think it's really awesome that you're starting that and and rolling with that. And I want to kind of pivot a little bit here, Mark. And so I have kind of a two-part question. So I think there's this uh, a dismissive attitude towards the baby boomer generation, primarily probably brought on by younger generations, but we have this... uh, it's kind of gained popularity with the catchphrase, okay, boomer, right? I think we've all kind of heard that. Can you just talk about why you think that's there? Like, wh- why is there that dismissive attitude towards the, the baby boomer generation? I think the baby boomer generation is a very selfish generation. When I say that is that, you know, when we were growing up in our 20s and 30s and 40s, our idea was, what are we going to do to get ahead? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to really be more successful than our parents? Uh, and then obviously create success so that we can pass it on to our kids. And so we became, I think, a very uh, selfish generation. And, you know, and one of the things that's very sad about the baby boomer generation is if you take a look at the divorce rate in this country, between 1900 and 1930, 1.1 people out of a 1,000 in the U.S. got divorced, Okay. In the 1970s, it was four out of a thousand. In the 1980s, it was five out of a thousand. Now, you know, those are, the, that's the prime years of the baby boomers when we got, we got married somewhere. Now, luckily today, it's dropped down to 2.3 out of a thousand that are getting divorced. Mm. So I think I'm hoping that the, uh, our children learn from the mistakes of the baby boomers 
and kind of figure out, you know, how to, how to do better in relationships. How do they do better, you know, in, in growing families and so forth. So, you know, th- that's one of the things that I think has caused, you know, the, the feeling of, uh, of the baby boomer generation is it's been pretty selfish. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's just a statistical way of explaining, you know, why it's been so selfish. Yeah. No, and I, I'm glad you brought that example because it gives kind of some real numbers there. And I, just kind of a follow up, I think. Do you think that kind of attitude of kind of the younger generations being dismissive towards the older generation, like, do you think that's just how people feel, right? Is this any different than how the baby boomers treated maybe their elders? Or is it specifically kind of us to the baby boomers? No, I think it's happened all along. But but keep in mind that the baby boomers are living longer mm. than elders. Okay, you know, my grandparents, all of them died in their 60s, except for one. You know, and that's, that's what happened during that generation. And then it became seventies and eighties. You know, now uh, you've got these baby boomers living longer. So uh, younger kids and the other generations get to see them more, get to see who they are, what their flaws are, but what also could be how they can help younger kids get even better. Uh, by learning from them. So I think that's one of the things. I think every generation views that. I think when it's your guy's time, (laughs) your kids are going to say the same thing. (laughs) Exactly. And so it all comes back to, you know, what do you want to leave behind? You know, you you all, you you guys, you're into money. You're into investments. You're into resources. Um, But, you know, when you die, you don't take that with you. Right. Yeah. So what is it that you're going to leave behind? Is it going to be a lot of money for your kids? Is it going to be how you taught your kids? Is it what what is going to be your legacy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think every generation has to has to deal with that. Yeah. And, and Mark, I think you're bringing on um, a pretty important concept, right? Because it's I, I don't think the the human uh, trait here is that we're used to being as old as we have we are right now, right? We've never, as a group, lived as long as we are today, right? And that's getting more and more. But with that, as you're saying about babyboomer.org, saying, well, geez, we're we're now having to uh, work on being healthier, right? And there's there's uh, there's conditions and diseases and things that that are cropping up because of us being older than we ever have before. But the, I want to ask another question here about uh, we actually had a guest on Jess Mauer, who was the director of the Maine Council on Aging. And she was bringing up this concept of ageism, right, that our society today adopts ageist attitudes. So, in, again, she was defining ageism, right, as this we have certain stereotypes or beliefs about people that are older, that they're less capable, that they're less intelligent, that they are, to your point, maybe, maybe they're, there's maybe a selfish thing, whatever the stereotype is, there's attitudes towards that generation and them not being as capable. So I guess the question we want to ask is, Baby boomers as a group, as a generation, what are, what is baby boomers, what are you doing today as a generation to battle the ageist attitude that many people and companies have? Don't lose sight that there are 12 million businesses today still owned by baby boomers. Okay. And when you step back and think about that, yeah, 12 million businesses, that means the baby boomers, people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah, they're still involved. You know, they, they haven't given up on the idea that I'm too old to do this. You know, they are still involved. So you got to kind of put that in perspective is if you've got this whole generation where you got 12 million businesses still owned, that means they're coming to, they're going to 
work every day or every other day. You know, they're employing lots of people. You know, that is just a sign uh, that this generation just doesn't want to go away quietly. Mm. I mean, you know, you know, the thing about uh, well, we, this generation loves playing pickleball. You know, can you picture? I can't picture my parents going out there and playing pickleball, <laughs> but you got all these baby boomers out there playing pickleball. Uh, you know, so, so you got to put it into perspective is you still got 12 million in, uh, businesses owned by baby boomers. They're, they're functioning and they're doing that. And you got lots of baby boomers that are sitting back and say, what is, what am I going to give back? You know, they're volunteering, they're helping out. So there is, you know, the, the ageism comes maybe from the younger generation because uh, the, the baby boomers don't look at themselves as old. They sure. look at themselves as they're going to be productive until they go away. Yeah. And, and Mark, I'll, I'll add to that too is, you know, I think from a age perspective is, look, um, I, I think this is maybe the first generation in, and I think it's a good thing. You, you brought up the point about maybe being a selfish generation. Well, that's a really great thing from a, Hey, you know, what is my purpose? Why, why am I here? These questions are being asked, right? Versus, Hey, um, maybe the previous generation retiring, getting done and maybe not knowing what they want to do and not having a purpose and just maybe they're more apt to stay at home. I think this generation is being a lot more active, right? I think they are. Hey, if I want to be physically fit and I want to be healthy, hey, I got to stay healthy and let's go do something fun, which is maybe more youthful to pickleball or whatever I'm doing. There is a purpose for it is in addition to just enjoying myself today. But staying physically fit and active is going to allow me to live longer and probably have a better quality of a life for longer as I'm in retirement too, right? Well, you know, I looked at my parents when they were my age and I said, boy, they look old. They're, they're old people. You know, mm-hmm. now that I'm there, I feel young. I don't feel old. You know, so it's all in your perspective. Uh, and so I think that's, that's one of the reasons why you see so many baby boomers still so active. Yeah, so Mark, uh, a different way of thinking. We talked kind of about, or you were saying how baby boomers are a selfish generation sometimes, but one way that they're certainly not selfish, and, and I know we work with many clients today that define themselves as uh, the sandwich generation, where they're caring for aging parents, but also supporting their own adult children and or grandchildren. Um, so why is this term new, and, and why do you think it's fallen on the boomer generation to take on this role? Again, you know, our parents are living longer than their parents did. So now we're looking at parents in the 80s and 90s and some in the hundreds um, that just weren't around 30, 40 years ago. So that has created this this particular generation. Um, and second is, you know, the economy has forced many of our kids not be as successful as we they'd hoped to be. So now, you know, think how many of these kids are living with their uh, with their parents. So it, it, it is a real sandwich kind of a generation because it's got, it's up to the individuals to take care of their families. You know, the government's not, not going to come in and take, do that for them. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, uh, very much like, you know, the, when you talk about Asia, that's how that whole culture is all about. They take care of their parents. Yeah. So, so now it's up to us to do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I know you've certainly adopted, uh, that concept as a, as a pride point of your life and spending time with your grandchildren, um, including writing your children's book, I Don't Want to Turn Free. Uh, so what inspired you to write the book? 
you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, sure. You know, living the past uh, couple of years because of the pandemic caused by COVID-19 and isolation, you know, except for, for being able to be with my family, gave me special time to kind of watch and interact with my grandkids. And I got to tell you what a trip that was because all six of these kids have completely different personalities. But the one thing that you do have in common is a sense of curiosity, you know, and how excited they get when they do accomplish something. You know, watching them grow year to year and how they interact with uh, with each other is really the basis for this book. You know, what goes through a toddler's mind uh, the parents are so desperate to understand? When does a toddler really understand uh, the difference between uh, me and us? You know, this book uh, kind of explores how a whole family finds this out together. Because, you know, as a baby boomer trying to understand how the world has evolved since I was three years old, you know, it's also part of the story. You know, my, my parents didn't have cell phones. Uh, they didn't have the Internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He says, son, go change the channel. You know, I was the remote at the time. Uh, you know, my parents' definition of discipline is quite different than the uh, discipline of, of, of parents today. You know, has the world is a better place for children to grow up with? You know, you know I'll, I'll let your uh, listeners kind of answer that. As you, as you kind of figure out how you were treated versus how we're treating our kids today. So that's kind of the reason I wrote this book. Hmm, that's great. And for everyone listening, we are going to have links in our show notes to uh, both the books, um, but specifically this one. I, I'm interested in reading it myself, honestly, even though it's a children's book. Just hearing you speak about it, clearly it's something you're so passionate about. So I look forward to checking that out. I want to keep going here again on the topic of kind of our, uh, the three of our experiences with our clients, um, specifically in the baby boomer generation. We hear a lot from them kind of frustration with the direction that society's going, right? This, you know, we're, whether it's the country, our society in general, the younger generation, which to us, we all kind of talk about is kind of interesting because we think the baby boomer generation was, you know, introduced probably some of the biggest societal changes globally more than any other generation. Um, so do you think that this kind of feeling of kind of looking back at society is kind of a symptom of every generation that gets older and has a new generation kind of getting ready to uh, kind of take over? Or is it specific to the, the baby boomer generation there? You've got the tools today to go in and find all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, when we were growing up, there wasn't social media, mm-hmm. you know, just think about social media, how that influences and changes our opinions every day. Yeah. If you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, the information, uh, I don't want to say information overload, but it's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, for, for you to look at and think about that it causes a lot of these issues. And, you know, again, when we were growing up, we didn't have any of that kind of stuff. It was more of a harmonious time. So I I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think if we had the same social media, we'd probably be going after our parents the same way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. And it's probably going to happen to us. Like, if we look at our generation, like you said earlier, our kids and grandkids are going to do the same thing to us now because all that information is out there now. So I I, I agree with that. And, and Mark, I I think the... I was just doing some research on that uh, topic on the side of the, the concept being moral decline, right? Is the, that the generation uh, before us is, uh, or the generations after us are not as maybe morally uh, strong as what we feel. And I, I kind of, it's what Curtis said is I almost think about this about thinking about the seventies and the sixties, right? Is, you know, to talk about music and the banding together around kind of 
peace and love, right? And and I could see where maybe here's a generation before, you know, that fought World War II and said, geez, look at the look at this group of people that are that are just protesting a war and they're protesting um civil rights and all these things that we you know we we fought for a country to come together and it's coming apart it's uh i could i just i don't know i could see where there's things that we look forward to and go hey based on our worldview that there's there's kind of some decline morally which i i, I what i'm hearing you saying is well, easy to kind of say, but uh, maybe that's just a maybe it's just a something of age. Well, what's interesting about what you're talking about is my parents and that generation. You know, they're known as the greatest generation. Yeah. So, yeah. being when you think about it, you know, they grew up in the middle of a depression, and then they went off and fought in World War II, and they saved democracy. They saved the world. They I sure mean, did. So when when they came back, they were a very disciplined generation. Okay, because the world made them that way. Um, I, you know, I, and I, we, we kind of uh, talked about a little bit earlier, but I'm thinking about discipline. I mean, when I was a little kid growing up, you know, my mom would say, where do your dad get to him? Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and he'd come home and he'd pull out his belt and he would chase us around the dining room table. You know, that was discipline at the time. In fact, um, he had this fraternity paddle that he used on us, my brother and my Larry and I. And so one night when they were gone, uh, we went into his closet and we took the, uh, fraternity paddle and it was in late fall in Ohio and there was a lot of leaves on the ground and we buried the paddle in the middle of the leaves and then it snowed the next night and, uh, you know, covered it all up. And we went back that spring, uh, to, to see if the paddle was there and it was gone. So it was like a miracle to us that, uh, it was kind of like, you know, now I never really chase my kids around the uh, dining table uh, because I learned from that. That's how you learn. Yeah. You, know, you learn that that's not the discipline you do. Uh, okay. And I, I think my kids even learn from us and they discipline their kids even better than we ever did. You know, yeah. now and their kids are going to time out so they can't be with their friends and participate. Um, so, so I think that's part of the evolution you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But let's on the other side, that generation that went through World War II, they really were the greatest generation. Yeah. I, I think we, yeah, I think we all have, um, you know, again, family members that we know or friends or community members where, Geez, you, you, you hear their story of what they, what they had to go through. And even is your point about, first of all, depression, where no one had food, right? They didn't have any money and they had to get through it and ration as much as they could to then go to a global war where, you know, eradication of the world as we know it was, was at stake. Yeah. That, geez, huge, huge things, right? So I, and we're all built, of course, on that foundation. So I, a, a lot of gratitude for that. But, um, you know, I want to want to ask a question kind of back to baby boomers here for a second, Mark. Obviously, we kind of talking about babyboomer.org, right? So love to hear about your genesis there, about your thought to start the site with your with your co-creators. How is it going regarding traffic and content? And what are some future plans for the site as the generation continues to age? What's what's the evolution here? Well, the reason is we started the site and I myself uh, started with three other baby boomers. So there's four of us involved. Um, but, you know, as, as I was out promoting my book and going through the, what, what baby boomers are, we were and so forth, it became very apparent to me that not enough grandparents were involved in helping to raise this greatest generation. There are, in fact, 30% of the baby boomer generation are referred to as remote. 
In other words, they're not involved in the raising of the grandkids at all. They may show up for a birthday party or see them at Christmas. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The generation has said to themselves, okay, I raised some great kids. Let them go raise the grandkids and I'm going to go play pickleball. Yeah. So, you know, that's was really what started this whole thought process is we've got to pull together, you know, information to, to, to help bring back the, this generation to get more involved in everything that we're doing. And so that is the, the idea of why we started babyboomer.org and it just evolved. Uh, it's less than a year old. I mean, it just started last September. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we now have close to a thousand different experts on our site and contributors on our site, uh, that are, that know the best about different things. So for instance, uh, every, every day, whatever new blogs or podcasts or articles that were written by our experts that they automatically go to the site, they go to the top of the site, and everybody sees, you know, some of this new new thought process. So every day the site changes. It's just the newest information that we have from thought leaders. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of them are baby boomers, but there's also some from your generation that are experts in aging, mm. and they're on our site also. Or they're experts in Alzheimer's. They're on our site also. Mm. And so that's how this whole thing evolved, and that's where we are today. And, Mark, I appreciate it, too, because um, you know, we, we were working together when we first met and did our introduction. And um, so our show is now on your on your site as well. So, um, so again, kind of thank you for, for allowing us to, to contribute to the website as well through our through our podcast. Oh, well, you're going to teach baby boomers what to do with retirement. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, That's it's right. fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, kind of getting back to uh, some more specifics that the boomer generation is facing. Um, so the boomer generation is expected to live longer than any previous generation. So what characteristics of your generation do you think makes them uniquely positioned to tackle challenges uh, such as living longer um, that previous generations didn't face? Well, you know, you, you brought it up earlier when you said, you know, this generation, we were the ones that were rioting in the streets, uh, fighting against the Vietnam. You know, we were the ones who were uh, uh, really involved in all kinds of politics. I mean, look at the who the presidents you know, have been baby boomers for the last what uh, you know four or five presidents. Mm. Uh, so we, you know, that's that's what we've got. We've got all of that experience um, that that we now need to pass on, and that really is our legacy. You know, how how do we? Teach others from our mistakes uh, to be a better generation of leaders because it's time, you know, you know, it's time for the next generation to take over this country uh, and, and let the baby boomers go have fun. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that, that's really what, uh, what we need to be doing. I like that. And you kind of, you teed up my, my next question, Mark. So we've reached kind of the end of our conversation and your kind of segue here of, uh, letting the younger generation take over so the boomers can go have fun. Um, one question that I love to ask, um, I know Ben and Austin enjoy hearing me ask it on every episode. Um, uh, so obviously the name of our show here, right? Retirement Success in Maine podcast. We love to ask all of our guests, how are you, Mark, going to find your personal retirement success? My personal retirement success is what is the legacy that I leave? leave? You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it that, that, that I can pass on? You know, what's kind of fun about my book is 
you know, the, all six grandkids are involved in it now. Yeah. You know, they call it the family book. Um, so you got the older ones reading it to the younger ones. You know, that's, that, that's, that's one of the legacies that I would want to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I do in my spare time is I, I'm a substitute teacher at the uh, local high school in the mm-hmm. middle school. So, so that I can, you know, give something back to my community. But I think that's, that's what I think all of us need to, you know, what are, when we're gone, what is it that they're going to be remembered for? Yeah. You know, and, and that's why it's important for us to share these experiences, pass on the experiences, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, you guys are on babyboomer.org that someone's going to learn something from one of your podcasts. Yeah. You know, that's a legacy. That's what we want. You know, if we can touch one person or two people, you know, with, with information that makes them better and makes them want to help others in their community so that their community gets stronger, you know, that's what it's all about. That's fantastic. Love that. Mark, thank you so much for coming on our show. Really, uh, the pleasure is all ours. I, I know we learned a lot today. I know our listeners did too. Um, we will have, obviously, we'll link babyboomer.org on our show notes. Yep. When we'll have a link to both books that I don't want to turn three. So perhaps some of our listeners out there can buy that book That's and right. they can read that to their grandkids. That's right. But also there's, I think we got some entrepreneurs and uh, business owners um, in the midst too, which we've kind of covered in a few shows. So maybe uh, they might check out secrets of uh, uh, retailing and how to beat Walmart. So that's uh, that's something else. We'll put those two links in there as well. But thank you so much for coming on our show and sharing uh, some of your knowledge around uh, turning OK Boomer to Thanks Boomer. I appreciate you inviting me. Thanks. Have a great day, Mark. Thanks, Mark. All right. So obviously a really good conversation there with Mark Joseph, right? Talking about turning this okay boomer attitude into thanks boomer. And, you know, Mark had a, had some good perspective there for us, obviously is kind of living as a sandwich generation that we brought up, spent a lot of time with his grandkids, wrote the books. Um, again, really great conversation. A lot of perspective there from Mark, who's in a, a the baby boomer uh, generation himself. Kind of as we always do with all our shows, we will have a website here with some resources. I know Ben just kind of listed those off for everyone. A couple books from Mark, uh, Mark's website, babyboomer.org. So if you go to our website, which is blog.guidancepointllc.com slash 85. Again, we're episode 85. You'll again find our transcript, a link to our video, uh, those resources for Mark. But as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, fun conversation for us. We have some really good ones lined up that we're excited to, to share down the road. But thank you as always for your listenership and we will catch you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just listened to an information-filled episode of the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. While this show is about finding more ways to improve your retirement happiness, Guidance Point Advisor's mission is to help our clients create a fulfilling retirement. We do financial planning so that people can enjoy retirement and align their monetary resources to their goals. If you're wondering about your own personal success, we invite you to reach out to us to schedule a 45-minute listening session. Our advisors will have a conversation with you about your goals, your frustrations, and your problems. Make sure you check out Guidance Point Advisors on our blog, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And you can always check out more episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And of course, keep on finding your retirement success.